Hello, my name's Christiana, and welcome to the Oceanside Community Church Podcast. We're a church in Parksville on Vancouver Island with a vision to be fully devoted children of God, fully mature in Jesus Christ, and fully alive with the Holy Spirit. We welcome you to join us weekly on this journey. For more information about our church, visit our website at oceansidecommunitychurch.ca or download our mobile app. We pray that you'll be blessed and equipped by today's teaching. The Lord is so good. We are beneficiaries today of of God's amazing grace, His unconditional love. And that's why we've gathered this morning and our team has been leading us in worship and we are so grateful to God and we're so grateful that you have joined us and I'm going to invite you to be seated as we take a few moments to reflect on this amazing day that we are remembering this morning on Good Friday. Those of you that are joining us online this morning, we're so glad that you've taken time out to, to be with us. And for all of you here this morning who have come in person, there's a lot of other things you could have been doing today. But you've chosen to come to remember. You've chosen to come to, to reflect on the goodness of God. And for a few moments as we prepare our hearts for communion, that we're going to be inviting you forward to receive, I want to just share with you some words. I want to draw your attention to what, what I would describe as some of the greatest words that were ever spoken in human history. And it's the final words of Jesus in John chapter 19, where Jesus said these words, It is finished. And we're going to look at that in a moment or two. The scene that's before us, that was re- the scripture that was read a little bit earlier, is describing some of the things that were happening around the crucifixion. And without going into all the details this morning, we, we know that the crucifixion was a horrible, hideous scene. It was, it was a form of, of Roman torture that was intended to, to basically discredit and, and in many ways cause the memory of that person who was dying on a cross to be, be tarnished forever. How many know that it didn't work in this case? Jesus' body had been beaten. It was a repulsive scene. A crown of thorns had been placed upon his head and, and the blood was streaming down his body. Interesting, prophetically, in Isaiah chapter 52, it describes this scene as where the one who would give his life, in this case Jesus, would be disfigured and his body would be, would be beyond recognition. And, and so this scene that we are remembering today is one that was horrible. In fact, the Bible says, cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus became a curse for us. What was happening, and we've referenced this in our series that Pastor Joseph began a few weeks ago. We've been referencing how that, that Jesus came to drink the cup of suffering. And that's what was happening in this moment. The wrath of God was being poured out upon Jesus. 
Jesus was completing the work that his father had sent him to do. Jesus, and I love this, was willingly laying down his life as our Passover lamb. He didn't hold back. The Bible says that who for the joy, Jesus humbled himself and became a servant, and who for the joy, it says that he, you were the joy, he says he endured this horrible cross. And so I want to pick up on these words that Jesus said. John chapter 19, verse 28 says, And later, knowing that everything has now been finished. Let me ask you this right now. How many of you have some unfinished projects at home? The spouses, the wives are, are jabbing the husbands. <laughs> How many have those projects that you've been, we'll get to that someday, and they just never seem to get done? The to-do list, the honey-do list is always there. It's always, in fact, it's growing. But I think this is one of those statements that often gets passed over. It says, later, knowing, Jesus knew that everything, everything, everyone say that, everything has now been finished and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I'm thirsty. And so a jar of wine vinegar was there, and they soaked a sponge in it. And they put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and they lifted it to Jesus' lips. And when Jesus had received the drink, Jesus said, in fact, in another place, we'll reference it later, it says, he cried out in a loud voice, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. I want, you, I want us to understand here that when Jesus said those words, it's important to note that he wasn't saying, I'm finished. He wasn't saying, you're finished. He wasn't saying, you know, forget all this. This was all a waste of time. We blew this plan. He wasn't saying... You know, like this whole thing is just a mess. Jesus was saying, it is finished. And there's some significance to the words that, that Jesus said. Because the word that he actually used was a, a word, a Greek word, a word that was very understandable, and it was the word tetelestai. Tetelestai. Everyone say that with me. Tetelestai, it's a bit of a tongue twister. But it was a common word that was used in everyday language, in, in, in the language of their day. And it was, it was a, a, a word that, that a servant would say at the end of a work day. Would, the master in the morning would, would give out the work assignment and the servant would come back at the end of, of the day and would say, Tetelestai, in other words, the work you gave me to do has been completed. It's finished. The tasks are done. It was a legal term. It was a, a term that, that a judge might use for a prisoner who had served their time. And, and oftentimes what would happen is a, a prisoner would be known in the community and they, they knew that, that that person had been given a sentence. And when the time had been served, 
whatever length of time it was, the judge would, would, would declare, Tetelestai, your, your time has been served, justice has been served, and they would be given a piece of paper that they would use as a verification that they're free. It was also a, an accounting term, a term that a merchant might use or a banker might use, and it was kind of like a receipt that would be given when a loan had been paid off, when a debt had been paid. And they would stamp the debt with the words, tetelestai, which meant paid in full. So cool when you think about it. In fact, I was so drawn back a few weeks ago, and here at Oceanside, you celebrated the, the, the burning of the mortgage for this property. The word mortgage actually means death owe. You owe a debt until you die. But in this case, you're still alive, so that's good, right? <laughs> and so it was a great celebration because now you have proof from your lending institution that this building, the debt that was paid on, the debt that was owing on this building has now been paid in full. How many are thankful for that? We're still celebrating, aren't we? Well, friends, today on this Good Friday, we are remembering the finished work of Jesus. And Jesus is saying from the cross in those final, in those final breaths that he's taking, taken, he is saying that I have completed everything that my Father has sent me to do. And he cried from that cross, Tetelestai. Jesus is saying again to us this morning that nothing has been left undone. And so my question in these few moments is what does this mean for us today? Why is the finished work of Jesus on the cross such good news? Why are we remembering good news on this Good Friday? Well, the first thing, I'm just going to share with you a couple of, of reasons why it's such good news. There's many we could talk about, but the first one, the obvious one, is that the debt that we owed has been paid for in full. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. You deserve death. I deserve death. The penalty for our sin has been paid for because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Interesting that when John the Baptist was preaching and baptizing in the wilderness, uh, back in, the, in, in John chapter 1, the Bible says that Jesus came onto the scene. And it, right away, John looked and he, he saw Jesus and he stopped his preaching. And in that moment, he said, Behold, he said, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And right from the beginning, Jesus was destined to be the Lamb of God. Jesus was destined to be our Passover Lamb. It's interesting the significance of what was happening. This was the time of Passover. When not far away from where Jesus was hanging on that cross... Tens of thousands of lambs were being sacrificed in the temple. 
people, families would come with their lamb and they would offer their lamb and the priests would be killing these lambs, sacrificing these lambs for the sins of the people. Interesting thing was that in this moment, while all of these lambs were being killed and the blood was flowing from the temple in Jerusalem, Jesus was offering himself as the final Passover lamb. He was shedding his blood, the lamb of God, to take away the sin of the world, your sin, my sin. Hebrews 9 says, and Jesus appeared, and I love this, once and for all. Once and for all. And all includes you and I here today. Those of you who are online this morning, Jesus appeared once and for all to do away with sin by the sacrifice of not thousands of lambs, but by the sacrifice of himself. And in that moment, while all of these lambs were being slaughtered, Jesus cried out in that loud voice, his final breath, before he gave up his spirit. He cried out the words, to tell us die. It is finished. The good news this morning for you and I here today, here at Oceanside, is that justice has been served. Your penalty has been paid for. The penalty for your sin has been covered. The record of our sins, good, bad, and ugly. There's no such thing as a good sin, right? I just, that, didn't, that came out kind of wrong, but... Uh, <laughs> All sin separates us from God. But all sin is ugly. It doesn't matter. It could be a little, what you think is a little white lie. The records of our sins have been canceled, removed from us as far as the east is from the west. And Jesus, even in this moment, is declaring over you and I to tell us die. It is finished. And just to help Thomas to feel better, I have a card for you. <laughs> when you come and receive communion this morning, we have this little card, and it's kind of a, it's like a receipt. It's like something that you can put away in your Bible or, or on your fridge, and it just simply says, to tell us that it is finished, paid in full. How many are thankful for that this morning? <laughs> paid in full. And when the enemy comes to remind you of what you've done, that past, those things that you don't want anyone to even know about, you can remind him that You've been bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ, and you have proof, you have the guarantee, you have the stamp that says, paid in full. Thinking of that old song, Oh Happy Day. It's good news when Jesus 
washed my sins away. And I am so thankful for that. And so our debt has been paid. And one more thing I want to share with you before we move into communion is why the finished work of Jesus is such good news is because our access to our Heavenly Father in heaven has now been open to all, to you and to me. Up until now, only the high priest could actually enter the place in the, in the Old Testament, the temple described as the Holy of Holies. And only once a year that would happen, and the priest would have to go through all of these ceremonial cleansings just to make sure that everything was right, because if he wasn't, the Bible says that he would be killed. He would be killed right in the presence of God, because God cannot look upon sin. And so there was this veil, there was this, in the, in the, in the temple, there was this large veil, this large curtain. It's estimated to be like four inches thick. And, and behind that veil was, it represented the, the presence of God. And only the high priest could actually enter in. But I want you to know this morning is that Jesus' finished work changed all of that forever. And what's so amazing is that when Jesus cried out those words, to tell us thy, it is finished, Matthew 27 and, and verse 51, it says, and at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. It's like God took that veil that had been separating his people, and it, it's like he just tore the veil wide open. From heaven down, you see, the sacrifice of Jesus, our Passover lamb, had been accepted. Jesus now has become our great high priest. Everything that was required in order to bring us back into relationship with God that sin had destroyed and sin had separated has now been completed, and heaven's throne room, the throne of grace, the mercy seat of God has been flung wide open for us this morning. And I love it, what it says in Hebrews 10. It says, and therefore, since we have confidence, can you imagine that high priest kind of going in and hoping he got it all right? I mean, I don't know if it's true or not, but there's some traditions say that they would actually put a rope on his legs just in case they would have to take him out because no one else could go in to get him. They couldn't call the first responders. And so to think that we can now approach the very throne room of God, you and I, the children that are sitting here today, <laughs> You know, we don't have to have all of our ducks in a row and have it all figured out and have life all, you know, like we're not coming based on our goodness or our, the fact that we are without blemish. We are coming because of the, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, the sinless, perfect one. It says, and so we have confidence to enter the most holy place 
by the blood of Jesus, and I love this, by a new and living way, open for us, everyone say that, open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. And I don't know, I was praying about this this week, and it's, it's like I can hear the Father's voice saying, I've been waiting for you. I've been longing for you. My arms are, are wide open to you. It's like a child crawling up onto its daddy's lap. And there's just such a warm welcome and embrace. And it's, it's what the Father, our Father in heaven had always wanted. And because sin had caused that separation, he needed a perfect lamb. He needed a perfect Savior. And that was his son, Jesus Christ, that he lovingly gave his own son to make all of this possible. And so the finished work of Jesus on the cross has opened up the way for us to come. And I don't know about you, but every time I, I, I hear the word, even think of the word communion, I right embedded in the word communion is the word come. Come, and we're going to come. We're going to stand up here in just a moment. We're going to come. And we're going to come. The other part of that word is union. We're going to come into union. We're going to come into union with Jesus, with our Heavenly Father. We're going to come into union with one another. That's why it's so important as we receive the forgiveness of God in our own life that we must be willing to forgive others. We must be willing to release the debts of others. If Jesus could do it for me, then why can't I do it for others? I, I was so moved last night watching a, a, a news clip of a guy in Ukraine. And he, he said, it's Easter. And he said, this was on national news, he said, Jesus has forgiven me. I must be willing to forgive my enemies. It was so powerful. And so we come boldly, Hebrews 4.16 says, before the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy. How many need mercy this morning? We come boldly that we might obtain mercy. We come before the throne of grace in our time of need. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, or download our mobile app for more content. If you're in the area, we hope to see you soon. Until next time, may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you as you live by His Spirit.